everybody in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023, and I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar, Evening of Solutions for a New Alberta, brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. Our purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. Of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without your help. If this is your first time watching, welcome, and I hope you find this information engaging and wanting to find out more. And if you're a regular APP webinar viewer, thank you again for your support. We couldn't do this without you. APP is membership driven with a goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, and you can find out more at albertaprosperityproject.com. And we also have APP merchandise available at albertaprosperitystore.com, which is a new setup. Tonight's webinar is entitled Bill C-11, Just Transition and So Much More with our guest, Chris Sims of the Canadian Taxpayer Federation. This is a live webinar, so we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks before your question, so I'll be flagged and we can quickly view the questions. Uh, just so you know, I am totally running this show all by myself today. We usually have somebody working in the back. She is out on vacation in Cuba and uh, good for her. I, I wish I was with her. So if something screws up, don't worry about it. It's just totally my fault. So what I'd like to do is bring Chris on right now. There you are. Hello, Chris. How are you? Fabulous. Thanks for having us. Excellent. So uh, just a little bit of an intro for, for Chris. She is from the Canadian Taxpayer uh, Federation and uh, she was born in a small town in British Columbia and she's been employed and taxed <laughs> since she was 12 years old, working on working in horse stables, fast food joints, gas stations before attending journalism school at BCIT. And then the rest of her resume is just a whole bunch of She's worked in radio, she's a producer, reporter. You have a lot of knowledge uh, in, that, uh, in that brain of yours. So we're hoping that we can actually tap into some of it tonight and talk about, again, the, the, the big thing for us anyways uh, is Bill C-11. Did you wanna maybe just give us a quick rundown on, on what this bill is and why everyone in Canada should be really concerned about it? Uh, thanks so much and hello to all of your viewers and all of your members. It's uh, great to be here to share the knowledge. Uh, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, for folks who don't know, we've been around since 1990, since before the internet was a thing. Our goal is for lower taxes, less waste and more accountable government. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm speaking with you folks here tonight. Awesome. Uh, we are nonpartisan, uh, but we try to pressure all parties and politicians to do what our supporters want. And we've got more than two 235,000 supporters across Canada now. Wow. So yeah, we try to focus on that stuff. So this is why we're into C-11. Yeah. C-11 is a big government censorship bill. Okay. And if they succeed in doing this, it's going to be a lot tougher for organizations like the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and groups like Alberta Prosperity yes. to hold the government to account. Yeah. Right. Because if you can't speak up, if you can't express yourself, uh, who's going to hear you? Right. Exactly. So the C-11 in a nutshell uh, was initiated in the House of Commons. It is a House of Commons bill uh, put forward by the Trudeau government. Mm -hmm. And 
to take it from their side of things, nothing to see here, folks, all they're trying to do is promote Canadian content. Mm -hmm. And that is why it is put forward through uh, Canadian heritage and through the CRTC. Okay. But the bad part of this is, of course, there's always the other side. What they're going to do is that they're going to basically downgrade or upgrade whatever content they see fit as being mm -hmm. Canadian. Okay. So if you and I say are having a conversation that's recorded and then on YouTube, it could then be up to some bureaucrat sitting in office in Gatineau working for the CRTC to decide if we're Canadian content enough. And, you know, there's no politics involved there, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so this is the problem. Uh, so that's just on the surface of it. One, yeah. your algorithm's going to get all messed up. It's very unlikely that you're going to be able to see the shows you want to see on online platforms. So. Yeah video audio anything that's sh a sharing service that's major uh then if you add the risk of there's another bill that we don't yet have a number for yet but it's often referred to as the online harm bill they tried floating this last time that last election okay and they tried saying oh well, we're only going to go after things that are harmful on mm -hmm. the expression and talk that is harmful well, folks, we already have the criminal code. If mm -hmm. you're purporting horrible things like abusing children, God forbid, or terrorism or something, that's in the criminal code. Yeah. You know, that This is Canadian heritage that they're calling harmful. So if you start doing a thought process, start imagining what the government likes to call disinformation, mm -hmm. right? Or misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're taking issue with us even calling the carbon tax a carbon tax. They're calling that misinformation. Yeah. So then if it's, if it's going to be combined with C-11 so that they get to decide a bureaucrat in the federal government, the state gets to decide yeah. what you see, hear, share and think on the Internet. Yeah. Well, that's major. Like this is a serious threat, um, both as a freedom loving person and as a former longtime journalist. Mm -hmm. um, super dangerous. So I really wanted to reach out to everyone watching, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell, tell everybody, uh, they need to call their member of parliament and email them as well and say, uh, get rid of C11. Right now it's at the Senate. Yeah. And it's gone through one round of hearings in the Senate and committee. And now it's back in the Senate chamber itself. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. So you can, that. I must say this website's very good. So this yeah. is your official website of the federal government. You see all the chamber business. If you see there on the, over on the right where it says Senate, we're at yeah. first reading. Yep. And some of you folks might have seen the footage of a very uh, well-known writer uh, who was standing up in the Senate. He's a senator himself. I would describe him as a left of center gentleman uh, saying, hey, we can't have this. We cannot mm -hmm. have the state deciding what is and is not Canadian and free expression. Yeah. And even Margaret Atwood has come out saying, guys, I, we can't, have, the right? yeah. we can't yeah. have the government deciding this. Yeah. And just to give you a, a silly, more benign example of what we've dealt with at the CRTC before, just defining what's Canadian content. Well, number one, uh, this isn't benign, but it's one of the major reasons why Sun News Network was shut down. Mm -hmm. And I was there for all four years. They decided we just didn't, you know, meet all their little box ticks and we weren't able to get carriage. So it was decided by the CRTC that we wouldn't, you know, exist ostensibly. Wow. And in a sillier way, anybody who's worked in radio knows um, what it's like trying to get Canadian content rules on the air. Yeah. There were times, Carrie, where mm. 
Brian Adams wasn't Canadian content, right? Like because because and and so being a musician myself and oh, having, know, gone, know. having gone through all that and and even with uh, the jukeboxes and stuff, licensing music through that. I, I'm well aware of, you know, what, what they consider to be Canadian or not. Like, even though you've got Brian Adams, Canadian as Canadian can possibly be, if it's recorded in a, a studio in the UK and then it's distributed and, and there's songwriters in the US, they determine through some mathematical formula that it's not going to be enough Canadian content. And I'm sure that's basically what they're going to end up saying about anything going forward like even though it may actually be done in a studio in toronto they may they may call it out that there's just not enough canadian content in there yeah and they might you know hey you made eye contact with an american once last fall yeah. so therefore you you're not canadian content yeah. and when you're dealing with music it's frustrating enough yeah you're dealing you know having to play you know all, all respect to Anne murray um yeah. you know if you have to play snowbird three times an hour that's one thing <laughs> If you can't have a conversation yeah. anymore or share information that the government doesn't like, like, you know, the carbon tax is impoverishing people or inflation is caused by deficit spending or, yeah. you know, any of those things, the gun grab is wrong. Uh, all sorts of things that we would oppose, defund the media, defund the CBC. Well, guess what? If they get to downvote that and make yeah. it go away, yeah. uh, we're going to be in some serious trouble. And so that's why I'd like to sound the alarm. I'll give you another example. Yeah. So um, I hope you guys have lots of time tonight for some stories. So Oh, for sure. <laughs> when I was up on Parliament Hill, um, I was working there on Parliament Hill when September 11th happened. Okay. And then a few years later, folks might remember uh, the gearing up to the war in Iraq. Mm -hmm. And back then, the big opposition uh, marches and all the protests and stuff that were being held against participating in that conflict, depending on where you're landing on this issue. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about the right to protest. Um, a lot of that planning was being done online. So people were sharing posters with each other and meetup times, and it was all public. Yeah. This yeah, wasn't yeah. direct messaging or anything back then. It was all open bulletin boards and yeah. videos and that stuff. I remember that, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they had massive protests across Canada, yeah. a big one in Ottawa. And then a few days later, then Prime Minister Jean Chrétien stood up in the house and said, you know what, we're going to sit this one out. Thanks, but no thanks. Mm -hmm. Imagine if the government or the state had decided, you know what, we don't really want folks protesting this. We don't really mm -hmm. want to get a lot of international attention here. It may be for whatever reason. Yeah. Let's downvote this so nobody sees it. See, yeah. like this is where our friends on the left, as Ronald Reagan would have said, uh, need to put the thought process on and imagine if their guy's not in. Yeah. Imagine living under that situation and which is why the state has no business deciding what free people say online as long as it's within the realm of the criminal code yeah now my understanding of course even if we're broadcasting this on actually i have to take a look obviously facebook we're broadcasting on a couple of things on facebook uh i believe we're doing instagram uh youtube linkedin rumble so Obviously, with with say YouTube, I know they're they're pretty restrictive, and they could shut this stream down, or, or at least maybe have it go through live and then and then remove it. The other ones, I'm not so sure about. It kind of just depends. But with government basically sticking their nose in this now, mm -hmm. they could come back later on, or even just as we're doing this right now, and say, no, we want this shut down for various reasons. Actually, they probably don't even have to give any reasons because they're the government. They are the government. 
and they would then put the onus on the platform yeah and then they'd have to wear it and yeah. show me the platform that yeah. wants to deal with a g7 country's government breathing down its neck yeah. and deciding you know this just wouldn't be worth it for them right which is yeah. why it was interesting to see so many different sharing platforms yeah. if i recall correctly uh even things like you know if i Forgive me if it's incorrect, but things like Pinterest and Etsy, more yeah, like Etsy yeah. poo ones, yeah. were out against this too, and and Facebook and the big ones were all yeah. saying, you know what, you know, we can't police this. No, I agree. You know, and so this is where um, it's a big head scratcher yeah. as to why they want to get their nose in here. And just just imagine anybody who's been in broadcasting, like traditional broadcasting, yeah. like CTV or global. Imagine having an even stronger Broadcast Standards Council and an even stronger yes. CRTC like clamp on you. Yeah. So you can't really wiggle either way. That would be then on your internet expression. Yeah. So folks, uh, we, we can't go this route. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you think you're left, right or a space alien, uh, yeah. we need to have free expression. Don't uh, don't radio and TV stations now have to have something, some little blurb at some point in the year. I'm not even sure how it works, but they basically say we abide by the yes, CRTC, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so would we have to do that same sort of thing? Great question. Uh, so I've been in radio and I've been in TV and I remember hearing those and yeah. having thoughts reported. And it's like, yeah. we remember the Broadcast Standards Council. If you have a complaint, please contact. That's right. right. Exactly. It's like that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, sharing platforms, or maybe you'd have to do a preamble at the start of every show. Wow. Like, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> like, you shouldn't have to do any of this stuff. No, no. Um, and this is why it really needs to be shut down. And yeah. I really hope that its crypticness hasn't yeah. been lost on people yeah. and more folks need to speak up against it. Yeah. So, I also had read recently that CBC was uh, looking at going all digital. And, and maybe, you know, I, I mean, I'm a taxpayer and I'm assuming that in theory, if it's taxpayer funded, I should be able to receive that signal, whether it's radio or TV. And of course, <clears throat> now I'm kind of trapped in the, for, for here in Alberta, I'm trapped in the Shaw web where I can only get any, uh, any stations on my TV through cable, through Shaw. And of course, other people have TELUS or maybe they've got Bell, whatever your provider is. But gone are the days that I'd be able to just buy a TV and turn it on and get free channels. Because right. now that's it seems I have, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can't do over the air. No. So if what what's happening with CBC? Are they in that are they in that same sort of scenario? And again, you know, we're paying money for it. This should be free broadcasting or at least you know, we've, we've paid for it anyways. Yeah. Um, so this is something that they're planning on doing. It's yeah. not happening tomorrow. Okay. It's something that their CEO, Catherine Tate, said that they're going to work towards going mm -hmm. all digital. Yeah. And basically, what that means is, yeah, you would have to have it plugged into, you know, fiber up or however yeah. it is that you get your, your TV signal, what we would call TV nowadays. Yeah. But uh, for those of us Gen X or older, uh, gone are the days then of broadcasting over the air. You can't yeah. just plug in bunny ears to the back of your TV and adjust the tinfoil and make it tune yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, that's been the case for, you know, quite a while. And yeah. what she's talking about now is going full digital. Now yeah. I, if I'm being cynical, I personally think that's a bit of a distraction. 
Mm -hmm. um, not, not very many people care about yeah. how the signal gets into their TV or not. Yeah. Uh, what we care about is the fact that we blow $1.2 billion on that corporation per year. Yeah. And they have next to no accountability and very few people are watching them. They, uh, in their supper hour newscast, so their 6 p.m. newscast across 27 TV stations, yeah. they have 314,000 people watching that. Yeah. Cumulatively. That yeah. means that less than 1% of Canadians are watching their supper hour news on the yeah. CBC local. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man, um, for what we pay for the CBC, $1.2 you could hire around 13,000 new nurses. Wow. Like, yeah, it's staggering. Um, and full disclosure, I, I did work inside that building for about six weeks. The CBC in building? In the CBC building in Ottawa, just so yeah. folks know. So I do kind of know what the inside of that beast looks like. And yeah. for the rest of it, I was on the outside. I worked at CTV. I worked at Sun. Yeah. Um, and so they have 143 directors at CBC. 143. Yeah. They all make around 130000 a year. Wow. This is like yeah, it is the opposite of normal. Like private media does not have that. No, even. not at all. Yeah. So the CBC is it's well past time for it to go. It's well outgrown its mandate. Uh from the 1930s it was supposed to broadcast the weather to farmers and hockey night in Canada and yeah. uh, a little bit of radio drama to compete with CBS New York. Yeah. We're way past that. Yeah. Um so for folks who love it, and there are, I guess, a few people who do like the CBC, um, feel free. Like, you can subscribe to it. Start yep. to go on me. Like, pay for it. But uh, mm. taxpayers should not be on the hook for CBC. No, I agree. And and haven't they had this this, this same sort of discussion in the UK about BBC One, Two, Three? And do you know that? Yeah, there. Um, BBC is a little different. So. Mm. Some of it is taxpayer, and then some of it is uh, they've got like a special when you buy a television or a television box. It may yeah. be both or either one. Uh, they pay an fee to this yeah. to the BBC, but okay. it's also attached to the hardware. It's yeah. not only attached to taxpayers; it's attached to the physical owning of a screen. Yeah. and the tuning in of said station. Uh, again, I, I know there's a few taxpayers organizations over in the UK that are trying to defund the Beeb, yeah. um, but very similar. And, you know, up to up to folks if they like programming or not. You yeah. know, I used to watch some old BBC programs back in the 80s. Yeah. But um, yeah. again, we have a lot of options for entertainment now. And if people want to pay for it and they like that sort of, you yeah. know, Murdoch mystery, PBS sort of thing, like by all means, like, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 I'm also an actor and I, I've haven't actually worked lately just because of various things. But, uh, but I do recognize that, you know, CBC with the funding from, uh, from us really from the taxpayer that does go towards uh, programming and whether or not you call it quality programming, I don't know. I I honestly don't really watch the Murdoch mystery, so I have no idea. <laughs> uh, however, I have watched this hour as 22 minutes. And, um, but that sort of stuff, and, you know, they wouldn't be able to produce these shows unless this money was coming from the, the, the arts grants or whatever they're, they're called. So even though I, I do support, getting rid of the CBC because I think it's media and the news is utter, utter trash. I would be a bit concerned about not having that art grant for, for projects. 
Do you want to maybe comment on that? Yeah, it's funny yeah. you mentioned that because I just yeah. finished writing this uh, okay. piece uh, yeah. for our Taxpayer Magazine. Yeah. Uh, you're in luck. Oh. If you want, if you want the government to continue to pay artists, uh, the Canada Council for the Arts yeah. they take about half a billion dollars from us a year. Okay. This is not even touching CBC's funding. Wow. Half a five hundred million. Yes, I was wow. shocked too. Wow. And so that is for everything from, you know, the really goofy statues you see in Montreal to yeah. paying for a jazz band to tour Central America who happens to hail from Winnipeg. Wow. Like that money comes from other pots. There yeah. is so much money going to the arts uh, mm. from the federal taxpayer. Yeah. Of which we all are, yeah. um, that doesn't even go through the CBC phone funnel. And we're not even talking about that. Yeah. So just CBC funding okay. is 1.2 billion. Yeah. All the rest is completely separate line items on the budget. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> it's pretty staggering. And for folks, I can hear some folks right now, maybe it's in my head of, oh, well, um, what about the really critical things like providing um, Indigenous language services? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, man. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, the CBC spent more on their pay raises and bonuses for management and pay than they did on First Nations language yeah. programming. And and what just happened with uh, the CBC? The uh, Somebody that stepped down like five years ago ended up getting uh, their back pay? Yeah, that happens a lot. Does um, it? Okay. it happens a lot within a lot of federal departments. Yeah. Uh, but the pay at the CBC is pretty eye-watering. Catherine yeah. Tate, again, the CEO, who is, I think she must be finished by now. Yeah. Who's doing a little tour of Canada, but only in the CBC studios. And none of us knew when or where she was going to be. It wow. was like Batman. Just like um, when uh, Trudeau happens to just show up in Chilliwack one day. Yeah, same yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. Poof, there he is. It's yeah. just like that bubble in The Wizard of Oz. And she yeah, flipped yeah. it and there she is yeah. um, with, the, with the good witch Galinda. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Catherine Tate, uh, she makes around $480,000 a year. And she's entitled to, I think it's a 26% pay bonus. Wow. Yeah. And that that's not including like yeah. hospitality and travel and whatnot. So and that's one person. One, one person single person is paid half a million half a million dollars a year. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty gross. And we have to keep in mind too how you know, folks can try to talk themselves into, oh, well, we need it and it's cultural. Again, number one, very few people are watching. Yeah. Number two, those who really love listening to As It Happens on CBC Radio, yeah. folks just pay five bucks a month, okay? Yeah. Just settle it out. You're um, right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, three, uh, <laughs> it's costing an eye-watering amount of money for all of this middle management mm -hmm. and they're really not getting the job done. And four, we most working people, have just been put through hell for the past three years. Yeah. I don't know about you, man, but most of us have not gotten pay hikes and huge bonuses and pats no. on the back and whatnot. No. Yeah. Um, during the pandemic, they, they've got all these bonuses. In fact, their number of people at the CBC making more than $100,000 a year yeah. has more than doubled since Trudeau took over in 2015. I'll say wow. that again. Sunshine List People yeah. making more than $100,000 a year. That number has doubled at the CBC since Trudeau took over. Wow. Yeah. And that's all across Canada. Like, every, like whether or not you're working in Victoria all the way to St. John. Yep. 
doesn't matter if you're at the mother corp in Toronto or yeah. if you're up at St. John's or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a, it's an awful lot. Most of the folks I imagine making over a hundred K I would guess would be in the Quebec Windsor corridor yeah. area. So the people working at CBC in Alberta probably don't want us talking about them, but, uh, but really, I mean, it, it comes down to, I, I agree. Like a lot of this stuff can probably go away with, if you're doing your own private, uh, private funding, right? Like, I mean, if, if you want to watch Netflix, you're paying for Netflix. If you want to yes. watch Disney plus you're playing for Disney plus. Yeah. Why couldn't we do that for CBC and CBC gem, I think is what they call it on uh, online. Yeah. Oh, and they've got CBC music and they've got yeah. all sorts of little spinoffy things yeah. that they yeah. have. And again, yeah. They can they can do subscription. They can do GoFundMe. Uh, yeah. They can do hey advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Advertise it. products that people want to purchase with money. Yeah. Like yeah. there's there's all sorts of ways of doing it. Yeah. You know the Taxpayers Federation. Uh, we take donations from people of their free will. Yeah. We don't take money from the government. We don't even give you a tax receipt. Yeah. <laughs> We're not a charity. We don't want to incur cost. So, so let's, you know. Let's pay let's yeah, let's let's actually talk about what does the Canadian Taxpayer Federation do? Because I, I'm sure there are people that are interested in that too. Oh, that's great! Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah. for folks, uh, generally speaking, for folks uh, who've never seen us before, we're the ones who hand out the golden pig statues to politicians mm -hmm. at an awards ceremony every year for wasting your money in spectacular fashion. Yeah, yeah. we're the ones that will do the stunts like dressing up. As something that kind of looks like the traditional Italian puppet Pinocchio yeah. and chase a politician down the street because they fibbed and, and didn't uh, tell the truth. Uh, we're also the ones that'll do really serious report to committee before the budget and mm -hmm. give you a 70 page pre-budget report yeah. at the federal level. And so we're the ones that are always trying to hold the government to account, whether it's federal or provincial we yep. try to do our part with the municipal and city, but there is an awful lot of them across Canada. So we basically rely on whistleblowers there. Yeah. So we want government, uh, we want low taxes, less waste and accountable government. And so that means things like uh, recall legislation. Yeah. Okay? yeah. It means things like here in Alberta, the Taxpayer Protection Act. Okay. That's one of the reasons why we don't have a PST in Alberta, mm -hmm. because the, the politicians would have to hold and win a referendum from the people if they wanted to impose a sales tax. Yeah. The Canadian Taxpayers Federation is a huge reason why we have the Taxpayer Protection Act. We also do pledge signings. Folks might remember that really vividly. Uh, so that's where we'll come up with something like, you know, I, if I become prime minister or as leader of the conservative party, for example, will mm -hmm. never impose a carbon tax. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sign. And yeah. so we did one before the UCP uh, leadership vote with all of the candidates, save one. And uh, on we will not put through a PST yeah. or raise taxes if I'm premier. So we did that just there in uh, in August before awesome. uh, before the vote. Yeah. yeah. So we we do that. We, it's basically a grassroots, citizen based yeah. uh, accountability watchdogs of government. Yeah. yeah. How binding would that be if our premier happened to just go and say, no, you know what? After looking at the books, I that's terrible, terrible expression, terrible. Can, can we actually, like, would she be able to actually just go ahead and do a PST or would you guys be coming back and calling her out or like? Oh, we'd be calling her out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, for, for folks who might remember, um, 
Aaron O'Toole, the previous leader of the yeah. Conservative Party of Canada, he signed our pledge saying, yeah. you know, Scouts honor, I will not put through a carbon tax and I blah, 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 blah. Well, unfortunately, he changed his mind for whatever reason. Yeah. I think they uh, got kind of hooked on uh, focus groups there for a bit and decided, oh, well, it's going to be called a fee or a price and it's not a tax and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know how many opinion editorials we put through major national newspapers and we just sent thousands of emails to yeah. all of the conservative MPs over and over in waves. We yeah. timed it for their caucus meetings on Wednesday mornings yeah. so their phones would be blowing up. So yeah, there's a lot of ways of holding people accountable, um, yeah. both serious, like I just described, yeah, like calling people out on mm -hmm. you did not tell the truth, like you need to answer for this right now, yeah. um, to just frankly embarrassing them. Yeah. So that's, we literally have a Pinocchio costume and we will chase <laughs> you around with the camera. Like, that's hey awesome. man, you got, yeah. don't, uh, don't tell our supporters that you're not yeah. going to do something and then you're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, regard, we don't, we don't care who it is and we yeah. don't care what party it is. We yeah. don't care what candidate it is. If you yeah. sign that pledge, which is very clear and nobody's forced to do it. Yeah. That's the other thing. If they choose not to sign a pledge, I don't chase them down a hallway or chew their leg off. Right. Mm -hmm. It's up to people to decide whether or not they yeah. want to sign something, yeah. but we will hold them account to accountable yeah. if they do yeah. something. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, the other part that we're supposed to be talking about is just transition. Yeah. And uh, what I wanted to basically say was something along the lines of, well, if if we decide to get rid of the CPC and we end up doing uh, our own um, our own broadcasting, maybe we can take all these oil field workers and everybody else that needs to be just transitioned <laughs> and transition them in that way. Um, Can you imagine? <laughs> but no, I can't imagine. <laughs> something to watch man live from the truck yeah i totally i would actually watch that <laughs> oh yeah well you know what do they what do they call it the uh the the big rigs uh i don't know the arctic trunk trucking and all that stuff yeah i mean those shows are rather interesting too right? oh uh, one of my favorite shows ice, I ice trucker. yeah 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 no no it's actually shot like you know i'm, I'm home here in hope in british columbia yeah, yeah, yeah. sudden passing in the family but um it's right up the canyon and right up the coca-cola i can basically there... from this window yeah. highway through hell and jamie davis and all those guys it's amazing yeah. Yeah. what these folks can do uh yeah. but yeah we should definitely talk about that yeah so yeah well let's let's get right into right. what exactly is just transition because i mean uh from what well i'll let you explain it anyways because i've i've got some other notes here then and we'll we'll follow up after this yeah perfect okay so just transition is the official name of the official plan of the federal Trudeau government yeah. to just transition Canada away from oil and gas, yeah. also known as fossil fuels, depending on what term you want to use. Yeah. Uh, this is all tied into a myriad international agreements that various governments and agencies have signed on to in yeah. order to get to net zero, to reduce our carbon emissions, etc. Now, uh, it's been vague what's been inside of their yes. transition plan up until recently. Yeah. So um, an independent journalism website called Black Locks Reporter mm 
-hmm. I highly recommend uh, taking a look at them. Holly Doan, uh, she used to be a bureau chief over in Asia for many years on TV. She knows her stuff. Uh, Tom Korski, longtime journalist in the Parliamentary Press Gallery, also knows his stuff. Mm -hmm. They focus on freedom of information requests, committee, all that really good meaty stuff up on Parliament Hill. They got their hands on a memo. This official memo was between the department, so the unelected bureaucrats, the permanent government within a department, and uh, Mr. Wilkinson, Minister Wilkinson, the Minister of Natural Resources. It was around 80 pages long. Now, the purpose of this memo, ostensibly, was to find out what possible labor impacts the Just Transition Plan might have. Mm -hmm. Now, we went through it like hungry dogs. Uh, I looked at, we started one end and somebody started at the back end and we, we worked our way through to the middle. And in a nutshell, the, this is the data they have in there. They said it would have a disproportionate effect slash uneven impact, depending what terminology you want to use, on energy, trucking, farming, construction, and manufacturing. Wow. Yeah. So the industries and people who keep us warm, build our houses, grow our food, make all of the stuff we use and deliver all of said things. Yeah, yeah. Pretty big deal. These are not, you know, um, laptop bureaucrats that they're just transitioning out. So if you add up all of the workers that are within those industries, as this memo does, so these are the numbers attached to these words in the memo. You can take a look. It's on our website. Yeah. It's 2.7 million workers. Again, wow. federally, it's 2.7 million workers. Yeah. If you add up all of the salaries, these are just the average stats can salaries, man. So we're not talking specialization and, you know, overtime pay. It's about $219 billion per year worth of salary. Wow. So, yeah, so understandably so, uh, Alberta Premier Daniel Smith said, I don't think so, like not happening, bub. Um, I believe Premier Scott Moe said something very similar. A lot of folks in the West were like, hold on there. Like, just just you wait a minute. We can't be just transitioning ourselves into darkness and coldness and not eating food. Um, That's when Ottawa went into Ottawa mode, as I call it. Mm. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. You've all misunderstood. Nothing to see here. The memo simply describes the totality of all of these positions in all of these industries, not necessarily the ones that we are going to obliterate off the face of the planet, uh, retrain a taxpayer's expense, um, subsidize until it finally falters, you name it. Um, Okay. I don't know if I believe that, but even if you were, we can't afford a fraction of this. Yeah. Like we have negative money. We are more than a trillion dollars in debt. So there's no like any, any of this that we can afford. And to give you a better, an example, it's a smoke. I think it's a smoking gun within this memo. Um, They like to, as with all of these international fancy agreements, it's just like high school. They all like mentioning what their friends are doing. Like this is what so-and-so country is doing. Here's what so-and-so is. Scotland. They're all about Scotland talking in this memo. Scotland, Scotland, Scotland. What are they doing? So Scotland, in this memo they reference, their version is called the Just New Deal. 
Yeah. And yes, all of the countries for some reason are putting the just prefix in their plan. Whatever. Yeah. Um, theirs is called the Just New Deal. Well, adjusted for Canadian population, Scotland's spending like a crazy amount of money. I think it's something like thirty billion dollars on their Just New Deal. Wow. Like it is a ton of dough. And so this is where we're really trying to sound the alarm and say there's a lot more answers here yeah. that we need. And uh, we can't just phase things out. And keep in mind also, keep in mind where this is coming from. Yeah. This is coming from the Trudeau government, who has already said that they want to phase out the oil sands. It's the same government that has put through the No More Pipelines law. Same yes. government that has done the West Coast tanker ban. Yeah. Same government that, you know, put so many barriers and goalposts in front of Energy East that have finally died. Didn't yeah. lift a finger with Keystone. And they yeah. dragged their feet on Kinder Morgan so long that that company threw its hands up in the air. And yeah. now taxpayers are on the hook for the thing. And it's called the Trans Mountain Pipeline. So yeah. their rap sheet ain't so good when it comes to this stuff. No. Is is there anything that we can do? I mean, yeah, we can phone our MPs and do all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the the issue with the whole just transition is you're taking these people, uh, the workers that have gone to school, they're you know they they've taken a trade, they've gone up, they're working, they're 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 contributing to our to for us to be able to live. Mm -hmm. And now the government is saying, no, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna give you we're gonna make you do something else. Yeah. Well, number one, um, that's just unfair yeah. to do that to a worker. So, yeah. like, you know, all of all of my family, uh, including my my brother who just passed, um, they're tradesmen, right? Um, yeah. I, I grew up around trucking, all that stuff. I I get it. Um, one, unfair to just tell that to a worker, no matter yeah. what. Uh yeah. two, taxpayers can't afford to retrain no absolutely not we can't afford to artificially create an industry that is not sustainable yeah. yet and so hey if tomorrow if tomorrow we discover dilithium crystals and we can <laughs> run all of our stuff off of it like yeah. you know, yeah. literally power to you yeah. like that's great man uh but you can't artificially just dump taxpayers money onto something and hope that it grows yeah so th this is just not going to work both yeah. from like a fairness perspective but from the taxpayers perspective like we just don't have the money and it's not yeah. going to work yeah. um and so this is why i actually think not only make sure you email and phone your mp but make sure you contact your premier mm -hmm. okay especially here in alberta and say keep on this like yeah. you're saying the right thing if you agree, like yeah. if you're opposed to just transition. Yeah. Um, and so that way, premiers have more of a red phone to yeah. the PMO. Yeah. They can exert more pressure than just one MP can. Yeah. Um, but uh, if I can, here's an insider trick. So if you're talking to a politician, number one, make your phone call or your email on Tuesday okay. or like late Tuesday because it's Wednesday morning that the M federal MPs are meeting. Oh, yes. So they're fresh on their morning. They're supposed to have their phones down. They'll have their head full of constituency issues. Make sure your issues top of mind for them. Okay. One, so timing, do it Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. Two, don't just say I'm super mad and you need to do something about this. I would gently recommend saying something like, you know what? Uh, if you don't take a really strong vocal stand that I can see in here against just transition, I'm not going to vote for you 
Yeah. And I'm going to get together a group of my friends and neighbors in your riding. Yeah. And I'm going to go after your constituency association. Yeah. And I'm going to door knock against you in the next oh, election. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That gets their attention real fast. Yeah. Because then it might be their job that's just transitioned out of existence. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, 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 that's amazing. That's exactly what we should, we should all be doing this. So if anybody's watching this, don't forget to share, but, uh, but also do that, that, uh, getting, getting a hold of your MP or uh, your MP and, uh, and, and telling them you're going to take a stand on this. This is, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I do know that, uh, Trudeau had just appointed a new associate minister. Uh, basically it's called, uh the which which she called now i actually wrote it down it's a really weird thing like she's the minister of low carbon or something like that like it's i didn't i didn't even see that what, is, what are they what are they coming up with these these <laughs> new new positions well i guess they're transitioning their ministers into something else so this gets back to language um yeah. politics of the english language if anybody yeah. has not read that brilliant essay by george orwell mm -hmm. i strongly recommend it it's a yeah. very quick read and it's essential um and this again gets back to accountability yeah. okay and so this is why i think it's important uh to focus on that because you can't hold governments to account if nobody knows what you're saying yeah and this frankly is why politicians use weasel words like mm -hmm. uh carbon price Yes. or carbon fee because yes. we think you're too stupid to know that it means a tax yeah so and that only infuriates people whenever i'm encouraging an mp on you know what to say right because i have some friends who work in politics i'll be like tell the truth yeah just say so yeah. just say so you'll you'll win some and you'll lose some but you'll get people you know they'll 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 come to your side because you're saying what you think yeah. now they can decide whether they disagree with you or not but at least you're being forthright and clear. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is why they'll often change labels. I forget which one that was, that was so funny. They had a, didn't they have a minister of like middle-class prosperity and she couldn't define what middle-class was? Like, totally sounds legit, yeah. Right? And so they'll come up with these different labels because another one will, will fall out of favor and use. Yeah. So they'll try to call things like carbon fee, carbon price, you know, saving the planet and mother earth you know, yes, yeah. yeah, rather than it's a carbon tax. Yeah. It's a carbon tax. Yeah. Now you can be a huge booster of the carbon tax and just love it, love it, love it, but at least call it what it is. Yeah. And when I was on a debate with a really key uh, liberal strategist who helped write the carbon tax legislation, he's not an MP, he's one of the staffer types. Yeah. Um, he called it a carbon tax and he actually said it's meant to punish the poor behavior of using fossil fuels. Wow. It is a punishment. Yeah. So, but what's really frustrating and unfair, sorry, I don't know if you want to just transition to the oh, carbon absolutely. tax. absolutely. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that works. <laughs> so the carbon tax is one of, um, it's one of our biggest fights yeah. at the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Uh, I'm from British Columbia originally. British Columbia has had the highest carbon taxes in all of North America since 2008. And I said taxes for a reason. We have two carbon taxes in British Columbia. That's why when you are driving across the border from Alberta to BC, like Lethbridge into Cranbrook, like I just did, yeah. bam, you're suddenly hit with higher fuel costs. Why is that? Yeah. So the first carbon tax is around uh, 13 or 14 cents a liter here in British yeah. Columbia. It's the mandatory minimum carbon tax. Um, and the second carbon tax is 17 cents a liter on average 
gasoline. It's even more for diesel. It's 19 cents a liter for diesel. Wow. So, yeah, it's a huge difference. Uh, and, and isn't that going up again like April 1st? Correct. So right now, our federal mandatory minimum carbon tax is $50 per ton as of this date, uh, February 22nd. Um, it is going up on April 1st to $65 a ton. So what that means in normal people talk yeah. is that it's going up to 14 cents a liter gasoline. Right now it's about 10. Yeah. It's going up to 14 cents a liter for, ga for gasoline and 17 cents a liter for diesel across Canada. That is the mandatory minimum carbon tax that you pay from coast to coast, except in Quebec. They have a little special deal there in Quebec and have a little bit of a carve out. Yeah. Yep. Well, is that is that something that uh, Alberta should be able to negotiate possibly the same sort of deal through uh, that uh, that Quebec may have had? Well, it they could, but it's only really nibbling around the edges. Yeah. Because you're only saving like a few cents a liter. We want it gone completely. Yes, absolutely. Obliterate the carbon tax. And so we th what we want is for a federal political party. And hey, the liberals could change their mind tomorrow. And we'd like that very much yeah. Yeah. and get rid of it themselves. Or the next party that forms government needs yeah. to absolutely sign in parchment. Yeah. No carbon tax. Like first day before lunch. Yeah. Cancel carbon tax, have yeah. a snack, grab yeah. some water, defund yeah. the CBC yeah. <laughs> before lunch, scrap C11 too. Yeah. Um, so I think that provincially speaking here in Alberta, some folks may not realize this. We don't have any Alberta gas taxes right now. No, that's right. None. Yeah. None. We don't have a provincial carbon tax. It's just imposed on us by the feds, by yeah. Trudeau and his yeah. government. And we actually don't have a fuel tax right now. So you're saving 13 cents a liter, both gasoline and diesel yeah. for at least the next six months. Yeah. So a big time. Every single tax you're now paying at the pump in Alberta is yeah. federal taxes. Yeah. And it's the lowest tax rate across Canada because we've got no provincial taxes. Yeah. Just just to show what the difference in the taxes. So um, I think we're paying about 122 for regular gas. What are you paying in Hope right now? 179. You know? 179. That is correct. I remember driving out there, moving my daughter to uh, from Victoria to Vancouver, and I think it was almost two dollars and forty cents would on have been. the island. Yeah. yeah, would have been because um, in Vancouver, not only are you paying the two carbon taxes and the yeah. provincial excise tax and all that jazz, they have a massive transit tax there, eighteen yeah. and a half cents per liter. Wow. So, so in hope here, they're not even paying that that transit. So, tax. so you're paying you're paying transit tax even though you're driving your own car. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. And not just that on uh, gasoline and diesel. Yeah. You pay it on parking too. Oh. So you're punished like repeatedly, and uh, TransLink is famous for its like ridiculously gold plated like cafeterias and yeah. big executive pay. Like wow. they um they like to think that they're like the New York subway authority or like the London transit system or something. It's it's yeah. bizarre. Um, yeah. when really they have a fraction of the population. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's basically a war on the car. 
Yeah. They don't want you to own your private car. Yep. If you dare drive a car, they want to tax you into oblivion so that yep. you're punished for doing so. And yep. they want everybody on the bus that probably doesn't exist. Yep. <laughs> and the rapid, the rapid train that doesn't exist outside your door. That's right. um, so again, this is one of my, what's really frustrating. Um, just cause I hear from working people all the time. I'm from working people. That's my family. Um, is I'll hear from people saying, I can't afford the basics now. No, like food, rent, your heat, energy, can't afford the basics, man. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. And to the point where the liberals call the carbon tax a punishment, they mean that. And yeah. it really is because we don't have an affordable, abundant, reliable, alternative energy source. No. What are you going to do? Like yeah. most, some people are really enterprising and they figured out some really new age way of like, combination of solar and heat pump and stuff those folks yeah. are rare yeah i'm talking about widely available and oh yeah for affordable. sure yeah yeah people can't flick a switch they would <laughs> they yeah. would if they could afford yeah. it they can't yeah. and so this is what we're saying this is this is unjust this this carbon tax is unjust you're punishing mm -hmm. people for driving to work eating and heating their homes oh eating um yeah. farmers yes. pay the carbon tax on yeah. drying their grain so propane and natural gas, I've seen bills for thousands and thousands of dollars. And that gets passed on. Yes, it does. Absolutely gets passed on. Yep. Um, yeah. Somebody said uh, next they will be taxing the air we breathe. Well, just so you know, they're actually taxing the, the air that we expel. Yeah. That's that's where the tax is. Yeah. As ridiculous yeah. as that sounds. As ridiculous as this sounds, and I'm, I'm trust me, I'm not trying to give the government ideas. Uh, there's mm -hmm. all sorts of studies that taxpayers are funding that yeah. you're paying for yeah. through different little universities and stuff on uh, taxing what, you know, how to put this nicely, the element that emits from the south end of a cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There's all sorts of projects and stuff where they're trying to get people to, you know, swear off meat and stop doing this and going after farmers that. Yeah. And uh, very similar to them trying to reduce the nitrogen in fertilizer that farmers are using. It's all, yeah. it's yeah. all very, very intrusive, very big government. And again, this is so, number one, it makes them not accountable because yeah. then they're responsible for everything. And government is terrible at doing things. Yeah. Like awful. They yeah. should not do most things and two we can't afford to be be all and end all cradle to grave for every human being in canada like mm -hmm. taxpayers can't afford it it has to yeah. be independent wealth generation yeah. but the sometimes the state the feds in ottawa don't understand that wow so there you go there's there's a lot of money that's just being wasted as a matter of fact there was a a, a little blurb that came across my uh my emails a couple of days ago and it's a long story, but essentially they, this, this guy did a comparison between buying a house and basically living back in the 1980s, let's say 88, I forget which year it was versus now. Oh and yeah. So, I saw that. Yeah. So they, they was talking about, you know, if it's uh 19% interest rates back then, because it really was, I remember buying my first car and I think I paid 14% on it. And, uh, and, and, you know, everybody was making two grand a month, but we still were able to make those payments. Now, fast forward to now, and yeah, interest rates are low, let's say 5%, five and a quarter percent. Mm -hmm. But because we're not making as much money in relation to what our debt ratio is, there's no way, like I, I'm quite concerned about, uh, I've got two daughters 
They're both in university right now, uh, both going to be professionals. And I'm concerned that they will not be able to own their own house when they're done. Yeah. A lot of people are in that situation. Yeah. In British, it's one of the reasons why I moved it. One of the main reasons we moved to Alberta. Yeah. Because both my husband and I are professionals. We're in our 40s. Yeah. We literally couldn't afford a house. No. Like anywhere. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I know so many people in our boat where they will, they were, they were pinching together every single nickel they could find yeah. in order to buy a house and then make sure they've always got at least two renters in their basement, man. Yes. Yeah. They're You're called, right. They're called, they're called mortgage helpers these human beings who rent rooms in these people's basements. And this became standard fare yeah. across like, and this is not just in like fancy condo Vancouver. Yeah. This yeah. is in like average, like Chilliwack. And, yeah. Fact, and and in Calgary, they basically did the exact same thing. Uh, when Nenshi was in uh, as the mayor, he basically kind of went through the process of making residential suites, which are basically in the basement yeah. uh, available. And all you had to do was apply and make sure that, you know, you had, you had I forget, toilet, kitchen, and yeah. uh, a, a way out in the, in through a window or something like that. It was yes. very, very simplistic, right? I've got two neighbors that are doing exactly the same thing. So they've actually got renters in theirs. I yeah. should be rent, I should be renting out my basement. Well, but look how nice it is, right? It's kind of you got your own little cave there. But and but see, in, in Calgary, you know, yeah. some people do do that, but that is like a requirement. Yes, in British Columbia, unless you're one of the folks who was fortunate enough you already own your house from the 80s and the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even then, now the government is sniffing around. Oh, maybe we shouldn't have a home equity tax. Yeah. So that when these folks eventually do sell their home, the home they own and live in, the only house they own. Yeah. Um, so that the government can stick its little fingers in there yeah. and take, take that money away from I, the person's like kids yeah. that are supposed to be inheriting the home or yeah. say you've just moved on to the housing ladder, as they call it, and you've sold your first condo yeah. and you're trying to eke out maybe a little backyard for your kids. The bloody federal government is really thinking about reaching its hand in there. That is, that's disgusting. It's totally disgusting. Yeah. It's your house. It's your castle. It's like, yeah back off man yeah um that's been the case in this since the 70s here in canada you don't yeah. get income taxed on the sale of your home your own home yeah right we're not talking about people who own like sick properties and whatever yeah um, we're talking about your house yeah and so yeah the the government is going to try to go after that now they swear up and down that oh we've got nothing to see here this is all again back to c11 yeah it's all misinformation ah, it's all misinformation yeah. well no it's not because we caught them using freedom of information requests that they were spending about $500,000 to get CMHC, the yeah. Canada Mortgage yeah. and Housing Corporation, yeah. which is a federal crown corporation, yeah. to pay UBC yeah. to study a home income tax. Yeah. Like, you know, but, but they'll tell us that, oh, we nothing to see here. Just trust us. We're the government. Well, no, thanks. We're good. Well, I certainly hope that they they don't do that. And again, like if there's even grumblings about it, talk to your MP. Make sure that uh, that, that does not happen because that, uh, yeah, that would actually be you know, detrimental. A friend, a friend of mine once said, um, I think it's something to the effect of it's really low. Like less than three percent of people are involved in electoral politics. Yes, yeah. Meaning, yeah. like member of a political party, you're helping yeah. out a riding association, yeah. you're you're a scrutineer. Yeah. yeah, that's a really small number of people. And that's in Canada because in the states, that number is like huge. Yeah. Right. 
And so, again, because that's the way that they're grown up, right? They, yeah. they go through school, they learn about politics and, uh, you know, they well, they what they're learning there now, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, what if we doubled that? What if we no. doubled the number of people in Canada that are politically yeah. aware yeah. and hold politicians' feet to the fire? We probably yeah. wouldn't have carbon taxes going up and tripling, yeah. by the way, yeah. within the next seven years. Yeah. We wouldn't have the federal government sniffing around our homes thinking about yeah. a home equity tax. Uh, yeah. If we just doubled the number of people yeah. who are really into this and holding government to account, uh, we'd be a lot better off. Yeah. That's why we, we're doing what we're doing with the exactly. uh, Alberta Prosperity Project. I mean, that's... Anybody that's watching here right now should be, uh, what's the nice way of saying it? Uh, astute. Uh, they're knowledgeable enough. They're, you know, they're, they're definitely, they're engaged enough in politics to at least a very minimal point where they would say, no, I need to find out what's going on with this. Cause yeah. I can tell you right now, I've got friends, neighbors, uh, family that are probably watching whatever that happens to be the best show on Netflix right now. And they are not, they don't care because to them, it doesn't impact what's, what's going on, but it will, it'll nip it them in their work. ass. And it will. And I really, I feel that Yeah. because they should be able to Yeah. government should be a machine that sits in the corner of your house and generally runs. Okay. You yeah. got to change the oil on the thing occasionally, but it usually should just be a dependable little thing yeah. that does its job. Yeah. But in the last seven years in particular, and there lots of problems before that too, but in the last yeah. seven years, um, this thing has taken over a lot of people's homes. Yeah. It is telling them uh, where they can work. It's telling them what they can drive. It's telling them how they heat their house. In yeah. some cases, it's starting to veer into like what kind of food they should be able to buy. Yeah. Um, it is like to borrow a phrase from Pierre Polliver, he called it, what did he say? Big and bossy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number one, for accountability reasons and freedom purposes, government shouldn't be big and bossy. And two, from taxpayers' perspectives, big bossy government is bloody expensive to pay yeah. for. And yeah. we don't have the money for it. No. So government should be, you know, should fit inside like a phone booth yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> and you should have your free weeknights. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people just, just look at the government as the people that you vote for. And that's not true, right? I mean, you're basically voting in your your minister or not your ministers, your your representative, mm -hmm. and then they get to a certain point, and then you know, if you're a minister, you take over a portfolio and all that. But it's all this other bureaucracy that's underneath it, in which they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars just to make a couple of decisions and then go golfing. Now, yes. granted, that may not be a hundred percent true, but I mean, that's that's the that's definitely the perception, and that's kind of where we're at right now is that we've got this bloated middle management bureaucracy uh, that shouldn't be there. You're right. And this is, I'm glad you pointed that out Yeah. because they're the two pillars of government. They're mm -hmm. the ones that we see most often, which are the elected politicians mm -hmm. who at least need to put, you know, their name on the line every yeah. minimum four years, uh, less if it's a minority government. Yeah. So you have to vote for them or not. But there is a huge element of government that most people don't see, and that is the unelected bureaucrats. Yeah. And those unelected bureaucrats have more and more power. Now, when you are, a, so there's the political side of government, like I just said, the politicians yeah. were elected. They then have staff, okay, yeah. who help them. That's right. Um, Their office staff, admin yeah. staff, whatever. I was a director of communications for a short period of time helping on yeah. that front. Then over here, there's the department. 
Yeah. Those are the bureaucrats that quite often they figure <laughs> they run the show. Yeah. You guys are temporary, man. Like yeah. you're going to see another few faces next time after this election. Yeah. So we're just going to do what we want. And if you let them, they will just run roughshod over you. Yeah. And they will spend what they want. They will say what they want. They will drag their feet and not get something done forever. Yeah. Um, it, it's pretty awful. And taxpayers are paying for it. And we saw during the pandemic or during the COVID mess uh, that we saw tons and tons of pay raises, yeah. bonuses, handed out to bureaucrats whose entire departments had been shut down. For goodness yeah. sake, we had bureaucrats within mm -hmm. tourism yeah. who were getting big fat bonuses while all the hotels Everything. were, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know even in tourism, of course, I, I deal with entertainment and uh, I book book bands and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I know places like uh, well, Banff, Jasper, Lake Louise, um, and, and even the cities. Um, you know, tourism in, uh, in Edmonton and Calgary are definitely down. Um, and it's, 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 it's frustrating as to where that, um, you know, you get, you get the people in the minute middle management that are still making the money, despite the fact that nobody's showing up for tourism. Yeah. Right? A friend of mine, uh, who is our federal director, Franco Terrazano, if folks don't follow him yet online, please yeah. do. He is a workhorse. He's an Alberta boy. And he's out there in Mordor, also known as Ottawa. Um, and he called it the tale of two pandemics. Yeah. So there's us who works in private industry or energy or entertainment, like you were saying. Yeah. I've got a very good friend of mine. I went to high school with her. She was running the, the Heritage Inn there in Brooks, Alberta. Yeah. Um, lots of folks uh, on this side. That's one group. And then yeah. there's government. Yeah. Government, mostly. Most government workers, I'm not counting like the frontline people who were yeah. really affected. I mean, the bureaucrats, yeah. the bureaucrats sailed through this in many cases, so much so that now uh, there are in some cases, the, the government employees who work at the Canada Revenue Agency are demanding massive pay hikes yeah. or they're going to strike right around tax time. Wow. So they're not even saying, you know what, Whew, we're sure lucky we still have our jobs. And wow, that was pretty great that we could work from our laptops from home and our yoga pants for the past three years. Um, let me count my blessings. No. In many cases, they're demanding uh, like a 40% pay raise over the next three years. Okay, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> we had to check it three times. Yeah. Because like, we thought that we were misunderstanding. No, it's about 40% over the next three years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I know I'm making less in the last year than I I have like in the last oh, yeah. three or four years. It's just dropping. And then again, your ratio of uh, what money you have to uh, to spend on on debt and living versus what uh, what you have for uh, for entertainment and and whatever mm -hmm. like that's almost non-existent for a lot of people. Oh, it's so it's like this now, like yeah. like that. And, and don't let the feds get away with you this yeah. either because inflation is almost completely their fault. Yeah. So they're going to try to throw their hands up and say like, it's their version. Of course, they would never say it like this. Their version is, oh, it was an act of God. Yeah. What are we to do? Inflation yeah. is a global phenomenon. Well, no, <laughs> like your mother might've told you if all your friends mm -hmm. jump off a bridge, does that mean yeah. you have to too? Yeah. Well, they jumped first in this case. Uh, yeah. They have run up the deficits so often each year over year yeah. that the Bank of Canada has printed, I think it was something crazy that Terrazano said, like $300 billion yeah. to paper over 
Trudeau's budget deficits over and over and over again. Well, what happens then? Yeah. Inflation. It has to. It totally. That's how this works. Yeah. But the prime minister in his own language said, forgive me if I don't think about monetary policy. <laughs> oh, well, they'll, they'll just fix love? themselves. That's, I believe that's what he said. What? What did he say? I think he said it's okay. They'll fix itself or something. No, 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 no. The budget will balance itself. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We'll grow the economy from the heart outwards. And yeah. forgive me if I don't think about monetary policy. Wow. G7 wow. country, everybody. This is yeah. and this is why this is why we're more than a trillion dollars in debt. That's why we've got runaway inflation. This is why you need. What did, to have, uh, you know, people yeah. who do think about monetary policy, the adults, yeah. they need to be running the show. Yeah. What did uh, what did what was the debt at when Trudeau took over versus what it is now? Do you know? Oh, I don't quite know. It was a little over half a trillion. I do know that he's almost doubled it. Wow. Not quite. Yeah but yeah. he's almost doubled it in the past seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I can hear folks saying, what about the pandemic? Oh yeah, we had to give money to people and- Fair enough, yeah. fair yeah. enough. But if you look at their 2019 budget, okay, yeah. think back, everybody remember, wasn't yeah. that a nice time? 2019, yeah. before we anything could, happened. We could actually do stuff and yeah. Right, and nobody, you know, a lot fewer people were having anxiety issues. So yeah. 2019. Um, no tsunami. We were not being invaded by aliens. That's right. Nothing major was happening. Yeah. The federal government spent more money in 2019 than they did in any one year of the Second World War. So they spent money in terms of programs and... Uh, Whatever, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They so just spent... look at their budget. Look yeah. at their line items. Add yeah. it all up. They yeah. spent more money in the 2019 fiscal year than yeah. they did in any one year of the Second World War, adjusted for inflation yeah. and population growth. Wow. This is how spend crazy the yeah. feds are. I'll give you just waste waste examples help people picture this. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example, like I was saying before, um, the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Okay. Yeah. Kinder Morgan, the company, was going to spend its own money. Seven yeah. billion dollars to hire men and women to twin their pipeline from Edmonton yeah. to Burnaby. Yeah, they had green lights for years. Then all of a sudden, the lights turned to like blinking, kind of orangish. Yeah, and the feds dragged their feet. They dragged their feet and ragged the puck so long yeah. that the private company went, "You guys, I'm heading out of here. Here you go." Yeah. The so what did I just say? Seven billion of private money. Yep. going into people's pockets yeah it's now 21 billion wow and it's the federal government and it's taxpayers paying for it that's wow. just one example yeah so, so the amount of money i think the amount i think it's the amount of money that they have now wasted on trying to fumble and take over the trans mountain pipeline could have built us a brand new awesome hospital in every province in canada Wow. Yeah. yeah. And like, if you look at little, like little waste, as they call it, um, we have a, a program within foreign affairs. I forget what they call foreign affairs nowadays. It's like yeah. international affairs, but they, it's called the mission cultural fund. Yeah. It's basically just a slush fund where they blow money through it. Mm -hmm. We literally pay, I forget how much it was, but one nickel is too much. We, we spent money on a sex toy exhibit in Germany. Wow. 
We spend money, I'm not joking. We spend money flying Canadian chefs around the world to ambassadors in other countries when they're hungry. Wow. Yes. Why is this not why is this not on uh, CBC? It's funny that you've made a full circle here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this that wow, I I had no idea about that. Yeah, yeah, and that, these are just ones we know about. Yeah, <laughs> one you, thing I I have since I've been really into politics lately is I've been watching, you know, the House of Commons and the legislature. Bah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm actually surprised at how much wasted time these uh, government officials, uh, elected officials, waste. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe there's some good to this, but, you know, just touting that, you know, such and such today turned 100. Hey, let's clap. And such and such won their <laughs> curling bond spiel and clap, clap, clap. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I thought that they would be in in the ledge going, okay, well, you know, we're spending this money here. Well, we got to No. No, they don't do that. It is so neat. Um, and this is meant with as a huge compliment. Yeah. As a like a lifelong political nerd, like yeah. as a small child, I was awkward. I watched Reagan get reelected on TV, right? Like I was always into it. Wow. It's so nice listening to a normal person suddenly encounter <laughs> the gangling monster of government. Yeah, man. They wow. were yeah. so the federal government, what's funny is like member statements go from in Eastern time. Uh, 201 to 16. So it is 15 minutes of member statements. And that's where you hear the whole shout out things Uh, to give you an example. So that's 15 minutes. I still think it's 15 minutes too long, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I know this for a fact because I lived in Nova Scotia for a period of time and I've got family there in Nova Scotia. That stuff takes like three hours. Well, of course it would. Man, like, could you just not post this on the bulletin board like the weatherman does, at night, like in the evenings? Like, yep. shout out to Carol and Tom on their 50th anniversary. That's nice. But could we move things along here? But yeah, yeah. this is government. This is government. Yeah. Like, if they if they make eye contact with something, they waste money doing it. Wow. And so you can have big ticket items that they waste money on, like unnecessarily purchasing the Trans Mountain Pipeline when a private company was going to do it. Going to do it anyways. Yeah. At their expense. Or little dumb things, like I said, paying for a German sex toy exhibit. That, uh, hey man, if you're I'm going to look for that and post that. <laughs> Google Canadian taxpayers German sex toy. Okay, I'm t- I'm totally doing that right now just because that's don't image it though. Yeah. <laughs> just just yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be it'll be grayed out German. Or Canadian taxpayers. Canadian Taxpayers Federation Waste, W-A-S-T-E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And sex toy exhibit, Germany. It'll pop up. I'm so glad. Teddy Waste Awards. Is that part of that? That's it. That's us. Okay. Well, let me see if it uh, shows up. It shows up as a PDF. Just give me a second here. (laughs) Um, Oh, there's no pictures. There's no pictures. Oh, yeah. yeah, there are some pictures attached to the story. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I yeah, I see one right here. I'm gonna quickly blurb it up. Are you, like, is this? It is three, two, one. That's it. That's all you need to see. Kids <laughs> watching. Um, so yeah, like in it, like I'm laughing because otherwise I'm gonna cry, right? Yeah. This is an example. 
This is an example of what the feds blow your money on. Um, And then there's all, like, there's a million other examples, right? And so this is where when they come out and say, oh, well, you know, we've cut things to the bone and it's going to be austerity if we, you know, no, dude, this is not austerity. Like, cut all of this stuff. So with the Canadian Taxpayer Federation, you guys are really looking at federal tax. We do provincial as well. So provincial. That is why we got the UCP candidates to all sign the the oh, pledge. Yes. Okay. Of what no about municipal. what about municipal? We do what we can municipally, but again, like there's you know about a hundred major cities across yes. Canada, depending on yeah. what size you are. I live in Lethbridge. Right. Yeah. Um. So there, we quite often rely on whistleblowers. Yeah. So quite often we will get, say, somebody who works for the city in Edmonton or Calgary or Vancouver, wherever Nanaimo. Yeah. That'll say something like, you know what, Um, I can't sleep at night because we're wasting money on this. Look into it. And then we'll file a freedom information request and hopefully find stuff out about it. And then also around budget time when they're floating their big, scary tax increases that they always spook people with first and then they come back in lower. We'll try to cover that stage of their budgeting as well. Oh, and this I'm glad you asked this because there's a really um, good element of our website at taxpayer.com. And that is where how to start your own rate payer group. So R A T E payer. That's how the Taxpayers Federation was first born in 1990. It was a merger of the Alberta rate payers and the Saskatchewan rate payers. And so, folks, if you're retired, if you're a former business owner, if you're a really meticulous high school teacher and you like keeping notes and minutes on things, your time could be very well spent being one of those folks who watches there you go there's all the contact information who watches your city council yeah goes to those meetings who listens in and quite often you can listen in online now it's amazing and you keep a ticker on what these folks are saying what their plans are if they've got any weird like let's all meet at the casino in a few months in order for some agm no You can keep track of all that stuff. And so here it's all local ratepayers groups and it explains yeah. to you how you can join one or start yeah. one. Yeah. You're looking at their website there right now. Grumpy, we call them the Grumpies. They're in Victoria. They do great yeah. work. Yep. <laughs> oh, they're wonderful. They're the ones um, yeah. that I think, I think they were the ones that discovered that um, one of their city councilors didn't want to um, support Remembrance Day services anymore. Because well, was- and that happened in a few places in Alberta, I believe. Uh, Clarison, uh, you know what? I think that's what it was, but I, it, I don't want to say the wrong town just in case it's not. But I, but there was something that was kind of abolished so that they're not doing Remembrance Day ceremonies because it was, I don't know, cost too much, or maybe it was uh, they were worried about people being masked to go there. I don't know what the situation was, but obviously there's something, right? So. Yeah, and there is also, so so you can get to the local rate payers, you can get those folks there, and you can yeah. also start your own, right? Yeah. Like, um, when I was a reporter for a long time, I used to cover court. That was yeah. one of my major beats. Yeah. Um, and so criminal court. So I would cover murder trials, kidnapping. There was even a, tr- a treason one that I covered in, in Halifax. Wow. And there used to be, before everything went crazy three years ago, there used to be this cadre of court watchers, um, mm-hmm. usually older folks, yeah. um, quite often ladies, uh, lots of f- uh, fellas in there too. And they were great because that courthouse belongs to you. Yeah. That is just like City Hall. That is a public building. 
yeah. open court is one of the central foundations of the West. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are to go to attend court and observe it. That's why they have a public gallery. It's literally mm -hmm. called that. Yeah. And so those are folks who would sit there like this with their little notebooks and they'd keep track of all these things. Yeah. And you become a real vessel of knowledge and ability and experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is powerful stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I would encourage folks, um, if you want to get involved at your local level, you don't necessarily have to run for council. But yeah. go, go yeah. to the city of the whole. Go to those places and you can keep track of things. And if you yeah. see something crazy... <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, give us a call, give your local newspaper a call, because yeah. quite often the local newspaper will care, but they don't have that person to send anymore. Quite yeah. often they don't have, unfortunately, that local reporter to go cover. Yeah. So you're really doing a, a deep community service by by doing a ratepayer group. Yeah, no, that that's great. And we've, we've really said that people need, the reason we're in the, the trouble we're in realistically is because we've been apathetic and we've just let things go because we weren't knowledgeable about what was going. And of course with you, you've been involved in politics and, and all that since you were a kid. So you're the, you're the abnormal. <laughs> I know it's okay. You can say it. Yeah. We're all nerds at the tax. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but yeah, like really I've only been involved maybe in the last three years. Right. And only because something happened in terms of my business that was shut down and, and it kicked my ass in order to do this. And I think everybody that's watching has a story on why they're even involved and why they're even watching. Right. And I think that's the important thing too, is to get people get, get involved. Like, um, whether you, you do these uh, repair, you do uh, uh, something to do with uh, your municipal government or your school board or even get involved in APP or some sort of uh, neighborhood council, like uh, community association, just get involved, get out and, and meet with people. And uh, because that's that's where the strength is going to happen. And that's that's basically what we need to do in the next especially for our next election, for sure. I mean, because uh, we have no idea really what's going to end up happening uh, after that. So, um, and I think now would be a good time. Uh, if, if anybody does have any questions, uh, please put uh, your question with uh, three question marks. And uh, I'm just going to scroll back through here okay. and um, and see if there's... a phone call in the middle of that there. My auntie picked it up in the other room, though. So oh, okay, well, then that's good. Um <laughs> We can awesome. do media as well. A lot of folks don't realize that taxpayers are paying for a lot of the media now, and we need to stop the media bailout. Yes, they are. So when government payroll. So when we were out in in Ottawa, Chris and I went out. Uh, we drove the picker truck from the whistle stop out there, and uh, that was quite the uh, the amazing adventure, both there and back. And never mind being out there, but the amount of uh, garbage being spewed. And, and misinformation by the uh, by the media, we would actually have press releases. And, and in the beginning, like the first week we were out in Ottawa, we'd have press releases and we'd have CTV and CBC come out and they would totally twist the story or they they wouldn't even broadcast what the, uh, what the actual uh, uh, the uh, the press release was or, or conference was. And they would just totally twist it so bad that after the first week, there were many that would just uh, many press conferences that would happen that would say, no, CBC, you're not allowed. CTV, you're not allowed. Global, you're not allowed. So they would end up just being on the outside. Now, the downside with that is then if you're not if they're not allowed into the press conference, they actually don't know what's going on. 
So, you know, you could argue that that was kind of detrimental to, uh, to the cause at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you worked in, you worked in media and, and how would that have worked? Like if you were, were you involved with the, with the convoy or did you do any reporting on the convoy? Uh, I was with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation at the time, okay, so I could tell you how much it's costing the truckers to fill up in the carbon tax mm -hmm. <laughs> when they're driving out there and how yeah. bloody expensive it was. Yeah. Um, and we know, for you know, example, we blew so much money on, you know, the CERB and COVID and we had friggin' CRA handing out billions of dollars to people who didn't need it, like people yeah. in prison, dead people, whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I personally followed it very closely because, well, I care about Canada. Yeah. And two, um, I worked, I lived in Ottawa for like 15 years and I worked on Parliament Hill. I was a member of the Parliamentary Press Gallery for a long yeah. time. And so this gets back to journalism, yeah. okay? And it gets back to free expression and it gets back to being able to hold government to account. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't say with certainty, because I'm only one person, I don't know what's changed a lot in mm -hmm. mainstream media as far as narrative goes. I can't quite explain that because I've all, I'm like I said before, I'm from rural British Columbia. I'm from working class roots, that sort of thing. Yeah. Generally speaking, there are exceptions like myself, but generally speaking, the folks who are members of the parliamentary press gallery are often um, urban, yeah. university educated, yeah. um, and quite often, and this is no slight on them, it's just a fact, quite often they are more um, left of center. Yes. Typically. Yeah. Typically. Um, so... But for the longest time, we were taught in journalism school to, number one, you're never going to be objective. You mm -hmm. are not an omniscient. You're not objective because you're a human being. You have a, you have experiences in your life. That's right. But, That's but true. you can work hard to be balanced. Yeah. You can make that extra effort to reach across the aisle, to find that other quote, to balance out your story. Yeah. That was always kind of the the toolbox that was set in front of you as a journalist. Who, yeah. what, where, why, when. It was the five W's. That's why that show was called W5. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, that was always the kind of the raison d'etre, the mission, right? Comfort the afflicted. Afflict the comfortable. Yeah. Speak truth to power. Yeah. That has changed a lot, and I can feel it. It's like an ether change. And I don't know, I don't have all the answers as to why, but I can give you two reasons why. One, there aren't the bodies. There just aren't the physical people working as producers, video editors, camera people, etc., cetera, yeah. in the newsrooms anymore. So when I finished journalism school, I went to BCIT, I went to trade school for journalism. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I learned how to connect all the cameras and do all that stuff and, and how to not get sued, legal journalism, yeah. um, two-year diploma program. When I left there in 98, 99, whenever it was, here's an example. There were two full-time journalists working at the Vancouver Sun, mm -hmm. whose job it was to cover softwood lumber. That's it. Wow. That was the job. I know. Yeah. One paper, two people, one topic. Yeah. Full-time salary positions. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking about Oz right now. It's so different. <laughs> So now where there would have been around 20 people in the newsroom, yeah. there's now a handful, like yeah. maybe five. Yeah. And they're doing everything. 
They're yeah. often radio, TV, the interweb thing. They're printing stuff off, all this stuff. Yeah. And so there just isn't the content. So say you're a producer and you've got a one hour or two hour supper time newscast. You need to yeah. put it there every day. Yeah. There used to be a bunch of stuff coming down the conveyor yes. belt that was local. Yeah. Yeah. You had your city hall reporter, your court reporter, your consumer affairs reporter about how this you know yeah. furnace salesman is ripping people off, whatever. Yeah. Every day, there's no longer stuff to put there. No. So that there, so that's why they're taking that two hour long speech from some health bureaucrat yeah. every day. That's yeah. why they're ripping and reading verbatim what the prime minister said with very little analysis, pushback or scrutiny. Yeah. Like this is this so yeah. number one, bodies. They're physically yeah. and I'm talking private newsrooms, of course. I'm not talking yeah. about CDC. Yeah. So that's a huge issue there. Two, unfortunately. A lot of the media now is getting funded by the state. Mm. The government, in many cases, is paying journalists. Yeah. And I cannot stress enough what kind of kryptonite that is. I don't care if you are left wing and writing for Canada Land or something, mm. or I don't know what, you know, D Smog blog or whatever groups that they still have over there, mm. or like, you're working for the rebel or true north or somewhere in between doesn't matter yeah shouldn't be paid by the state as a journalist yeah as one of your key jobs is to speak truth to power yeah so what happens if you're depending on that guy in power for your paycheck oh yeah you're totally skewed on that for it's sure not gonna work. Yeah. it's not gonna work yeah. even if you try your darndest yeah this is like say say you're a referee okay and you're calling a game this is like taking a side bet on who's going to win. Mm -hmm. yeah. but still swearing you can call it down the you can't. Yeah. yeah. And so, only getting only getting paid by the home team. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. No human being could do that. And even if somehow they magically could, yeah. the perception of bias, just yeah. like in ethics, yeah. the perception of corruption or bias, yeah. it's a killer. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it it lacks yeah. you you lose yeah. faith in yeah. what you're watching and yeah. so to give you an example on the media bailout in some cases in these newspapers some of these positions thirteen thousand dollars of that reporter's existence per like exit in the newsroom position yeah. was yeah. coming from the feds yeah. how, how are you going to yell at that guy and chase him down the hallway with a camera rolling on your shoulder yeah if you know in the back of your head that your salary, your next mortgage payment might depend on whether or not he's ticked off at you. Yeah. Like that's not going to work, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that there are less people working in journalism now then as, as what there were before. And, and obviously that is one of the main reasons why it, we've all probably seen the videos of, uh, you know, newsroom that's six o'clock news and we all start the same story the same verbatim because they all start from something that's probably done. Uh, what is it? Teletex, tele, telex. And remember that? Remember those back in the day? And uh, and and that stuff would have come through the Associated Press, like written by yeah. somebody as a press. Off release. the wire, as yeah, they would off, exactly off the wire. So that's that's the one, and that's kind of what ended up happening with the newspapers as well. I remember reading. Uh, like something from, say, the Vancouver Sun, uh, Calgary Sun, Winnipeg Sun, Toronto Sun, they would all have kind of the same stories. And of course, they all had AP written next to them, which basically yep. means Associated Press. Yep. But they basically got rid of all the local news. We don't hear about 
the local hockey teams, uh, you know, junior teams and, uh, and even, uh, Bantam, you yep. don't hear about that because there's just not enough people out there to, to, to do it. They aren't there's, there. no money. there's no person out there harvesting that crop. Yeah. So it's but not, yet, but yet you would think that if we were giving the CBC $1.2 billion, that there should be some local people covering that stuff. And, you know, there's a handful here and there. You'll still yeah. find them. It's like finding a unicorn. And, like, yeah. this is, like, I know really hardworking reporters who are still in it to win it, and they're trying darn yeah. hard. But they're yeah. just, they're just as, um, I like what Alyssa's saying there, if you don't mind me reading a comment. Journalism has changed dramatically in the past 30 years. Writing stories, yeah. getting yeah. three sides to any story, having a byline are a thing of the past. That is true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And just again, um, using an anonymous source back in the day, and I say this as if I'm writing about, you know, gosh, back when, you know, phones were still invented. No, yeah. I'm talking about like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, using an anonymous source was a big deal. Yeah. Like you had to get a big permission from your bureau chief, your editor. You had to be willing like to soul search and ask yourself, would I defend this person's right to anonymity in court? and refuse to name them yes like those were heavy questions and now yeah. yeah it seems to be there a lot and again they don't have a lot of them don't have the time so they're ripping and reading they're taking that newscast live forever they're not yeah. pushing back quite often these politicians or these bureaucrats you see them at a podium yeah almost always almost always if you swung that camera around they'd be talking to a nearly empty theater really? nearly empty yeah auditorium and there's all this seating. It looks like a little mini theater, like for private viewing quite often. So you'll have, there's two different theaters in Ottawa for this. Most of the government buildings uh, provincially have them. Um, they're almost empty now. Yeah. And even, even when I was working in it, like 10 years ago, they would only send one cameraman for all the stations. It was called the pool cam. Yeah. And that way they didn't have to spend money on the extra camera person. Yeah. Because I've it was Mobile's turn or CTV's turn or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've heard that term before. So there's a couple of people that have said media financed by big pharma as well, big pharma advertising revenue. So we've all seen, you know, the, there's a sporting event and it's, it's uh, brought to you by Pfizer, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I guess that's, you know, I'm not even sure I've, they're obviously using that money for paying for the production of shows. Yeah. And again, yeah. like from a CTF perspective, we stick yeah. mostly to government and taxes and stuff. Yeah. 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 But if, if folks don't want to watch a network that is funded by whatever company, we don't yeah. know whatever yeah. company it is, yeah. then fine. Pick one that is subscription based. Yeah. Right. There's lots of, there's lots, I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of my time on YouTube listening to lectures and podcasts yeah. and really cool shows that yeah. are all individual based. Yeah. So just imagine if you've got a really good show and you've got millions of people watching and they each chip in five, 10 bucks. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You're going to have some amazing programming. And again, yeah. that's where we want that left up to the market. Yeah. Right. So if you've got, you know, a big company corporation funding it, whatever, um, don't take taxpayers money. Or if you want it all like five, 10, $15 donation subscription based type coverage, power yeah. to you, man. Yeah. So there's a couple of questions. I don't know whether we can answer some of these, but uh, I'm going to show them anyways, because I know they've been asked. 
Okay. Is anyone looking into the new green agenda biodiesel plant in Fort Saskatchewan? How many thousands of acres of canola will be required to feed this plant? There's no better than growing corn to produce ethanol. Yeah, that, and, and you know, to, to actually use that land to uh, to offset 10% of the uh, the gas when they could actually be actually you know actually using using it for food instead mm -hmm. of ethanol. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you want to make any comment on that. Um, it's actually something that I do know a little bit about because I did a lot of reading for, so there's a think tank that some of the folks who are watching that might like, it's yeah. brand new. It's called secondstreet.org. Okay. So, you know, first street, but yeah. second street is yeah. actually apparently the most common name of a street in Canada. And they did a really big deep dive on, uh, keep it, what, what would happen if we kept it in the ground? So yeah. as the oil and gas protesters like to say, keep it in the ground, some of them say, not all. Of them. Yeah. What would that be like? Okay. Say they kept it in the ground tomorrow. Let's do a thought process and, and see what would happen. There's a study on there called what if we kept it in the ground and they get into that. And hmm. I can't recall the number, but it was big. It was like, if we switch just to plant-based plastics, yeah. and I think biodiesel was in there too. It would take up, it was something big. It was like a quarter or a third of arable land. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was a startlingly big number. I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, like, yeah, check yeah. Media, but it's, yeah. it's secondstreet.org. Well, I think the study is called What If We Kept It in the Ground? So that's awesome. a really good question. I haven't looked into that one yeah. specifically, yeah. but your question. Yeah, okay, I will look great. into that, though, if you think the taxpayers' money is going into yeah. it. Yeah. I am. There's there's questions that are coming up that, uh, you know, I, I wish I could answer. And maybe what I'll do is I'll do another uh, after we're done here. I usually do uh, another podcast with uh, Chris and uh, myself. And and some of these questions uh, relate to that as opposed to what we're talking about right here. Okay. Um, so I think that's probably what we'll end up doing for some of these. Any questions um, for just transition or carbon tax? like? Yeah. If there's anything like that, please, please say something. Like, give you an example, like how much it costs people in the carbon tax, just the federal mandatory minimum, it costs yeah. you $10 to fill up a minivan. Okay. Extra yeah. just in the yeah. carbon tax. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 16 bucks. Every time you fill up just a gasoline uh, pickup truck. If you're driving one of those big kind of uh, super duty diesels, so your pickups, yeah. that's like 25 bucks every single time. And it, for a big rig, for the truck drivers who yeah. deliver everything we eat and use, that's about $140 yeah. every time you're filling up. And that that cost all layers on top of itself. Yeah. And then you've got, say, natural gas costs, which is for home heating and for that grocery store. Yeah. right? And then it all layers like this. We even pay uh, carbon tax on locomotive diesel. So, you know, Canada's huge. Everything comes to us on a train and then a it's truck. Got it. and it's yeah. in a store. That's three levels of carbon tax right there. Oh, plus the farmer. Yeah. Like super expensive. Yeah. And it's going to triple. This cost I just rattled off here is going to triple in the next seven years. Yeah. And we're going to have a second carbon tax imposed upon us this summer federally. It's going to yeah. be about 10 cents a liter of gas. Yeah. Just had my propane tank filled for 2100 bucks. Should last three months. And it's here. 450 in taxes. Yeah. Wow. And see, this is, it's not something you can opt out of. This is not something that you're just buying for fun. So how does that work? Like, obviously I don't get a GST rebate. I don't get a carbon tax rebate. I know my kids do. So how does that offset for them? 
Like, obviously, they're not spending 450 bucks on a, a propane tank, but yet no. they still manage to get, I don't know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks every month. At least it seems like that. What is that actually supposed to be offsetting? Great question. So, okay, there's a few things here. Okay. Number one, it's absolutely silly for the government to say you'll get more than you put back, you put into it. Yeah. You'll get more back than you put in. Okay. That is just illogical. Yeah. As Thomas Sowell would say, he's a brilliant economist. Yeah. I highly recommend listening to his lecture, Basic Economics. So the government is not a wealth generating entity. You do not make an investment of the carbon tax and get a return upon no, it. No, you're right. So that just logically yeah. does not work. Yeah. Uh, two, the parliamentary budget officer. So the actual, that's an independent body within the government that scrutinizes spending and budgetary planning mm -hmm. in Ottawa. Yeah. The parliamentary budget officer themselves have said that Canadian families on average pay more than they get back in the rebates. Yeah. In Alberta, we're getting screwed the most. Yeah. This year, as of April 1st, once that carbon tax clicks up to $65 a ton, the average Alberta family I think they're out like $850 on the year, including the rebate. So that's including the rebate, yeah. everything being spoken for. And that's, of course, because of what I just explained. Yeah. It's this layering. It's not just every now and then filling up your hatchback. Yeah. It's the farmer paying the tax. Yeah. It's the trucker paying the tax. It's the person driving the locomotive paying the tax. It's the grocery store paying the tax. Yeah. And then it's you buying the thing. Yeah. So that is hugely expensive. And so that is why it's frustrating that when the environment minister opens his mouth and says, oh, you're getting more back. That's not true. Yeah. Like that's in factually mathematically incorrect. And the parliamentary budget office themselves says so. Yeah. Um, for folks who happened, if you're at all watching from British Columbia, for some reason, you barely get anything back. Yeah. By the time a two person working couple in British Columbia hits about 58,000 a year, you get zero. Zero. So the average two-person working couple in BC, I think, makes like eighty-seven thousand dollars a year. So, like, average working people in BC get absolutely nothing back. Wow. Yep. Um, there's another. There's another. I'm not even sure what that is. Uh, the new underused house tax that requires anyone who owns more than one home in Canada need to report these homes paper this. Oh yes, yes, yes. So doing? this is this is yeah. Uh, since I'm from BC, I know what this is. So okay. in British Columbia, they have imposed a, an empty homes tax or whatever term they want to use. And this was their big government scheme or idea to solve the housing problem. And people buying up houses and not using them? Is that yeah. the idea? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. So on the surface, it seems like, oh, okay, government's trying to have a solution. Okay. Number one, the government's solution to everything seems to be tax it until it dies. Yeah. So, and it, and it doesn't help anything. We still have a critical shortage of housing in British Columbia. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Of so, housing or of affordable housing? Of those two that... kind in hand. Because okay, it's yeah. supply and demand, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you strangle the housing supply, which they have done in construction for the past yeah. 20, 30 years here in BC, because for whatever reason, it's too high, it's too big, yeah. it's past this imaginary line, like whatever. Yeah. Um, if you strangle um, the building of new homes and yeah. then you tax that the Jesus out of them, 
yeah. while they're being built, that is going to increase the cost. This yes. is supply and demand, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so their silly solution to everything is just tax it. And then if you do a thought experiment on, okay, let's imagine that all, and this is, it's not all the problem. Let's imagine for argument's sake that the entirety of the housing problem is because super rich people, like mega rich people own more than one house. Yeah. Super mega rich person is not going to care about a tax like this. Yeah. They're buying an extra house to park their Ferrari and motorbike in. They're not going to care about this. Yeah. But this will pinch the person who has that condo they're holding on to in, yeah. in the downtown area for their university student, yeah. or Absolutely. who has to have it open for their mom who has to have yeah. constant medical care. Right. Yeah. That's it's, right. Yeah. It's going to nail that working person and bite yeah. them. Right. Yeah. And it always winds up screwing up. So we yeah. had countless calls into the CTF when they were first putting this through in BC. Yeah. Of, oh, they're counting my cabin as a secondary residence. Oh. This thing is up past like Gibson's. It barely has heat. You are not commuting to your TELUS job no. to be man from no. this thing. But no, it falls under this certain parameter because it's the government again. More government and bigger taxes is never the solution to this. And no. yeah, it's probably going to wind up with a very similar situation. Now it's going to be federal. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine they're even more fully removed from the actual no. location. Yeah. yeah. So Alyssa asked this other question too. How is it that the kids get this tax refund and we don't? So just so you know, I call anybody that looks like they're under 30 or 35 kids. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so my daughters are uh, 22 and 24. So, and they're both yeah, in university. Yeah. So yeah, they're kids. They are definitely kids. <clears throat> and again, they, uh, I don't know what the magic number is, but I think it's, what is it? If you're under 30,000 in a year, you end up getting your GST carbon tax credit. I don't even know. Yeah. But, um, um, so quite often it depends. So if you're living um, more urban and, you know, quite often you will wind up with a, a refund, but yeah. on average, the way that yeah. it balances out, um, yeah. most families are getting nailed by the carbon yeah. tax, especially yeah. in Alberta, especially yeah. in Alberta. So yeah, your university level kids might be getting a refund, but yeah. quite often you won't be no. right. This is no, just how it sure. went. This yeah. is this is the mess. This is the yeah. mess, and we're not even talking about the administrative costs. No, we've got uh, queries into that right now. We have questions into the federal government right now, finding how much we're spending yeah. on administering this yeah. bean counting redistribution because of the carbon tax. Which, yeah. by the way, for the environmentalists watching, and I mean that earnestly because yeah. I'm from BC and I love the environment and it's wonderful. Um, it's not reducing emissions. It's not. British yeah. Columbia has had the highest carbon taxes in all of North America since 2008. Yeah. And apart from a blip in 2020, when a lot of people were locked down and couldn't go anywhere, their emissions keep steadily rising. Yeah. Even though they have the highest carbon taxes. Why? Because the demand for energy is inelastic. Yeah. We must go to work. We must eat, heat our homes. We must eat. And like I said, there's no alternative, affordable, abundant energy source that we can switch yeah. to tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So this is why. The emissions yeah. will keep going up and the carbon taxes keep on going up anyway. If folks really, really, really want to reduce global emissions, sell natural gas to India. Yeah. For real. You'll dramatically yeah. reduce emissions if you want that yeah. to happen because yeah. right now they're burning animal dung and wood scrap. 200 million of them are doing that every day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy arithmetic.
Yeah, or sell LNG to uh, the European Union. Union. Oh, the ones who have been begging for it. Apparently, yeah. there's no yeah. uh, market for it, though. Yeah. Here's here's another quick. Is all mail sent to government officials postage free? I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. I think if it goes to an MP, it's free. Well, yeah, just send it. Oh, they're talking about if they wrote a letter to, like, the Department of, like, Roads and Bridges type yeah. thing. Yeah. Ah, good question. Then in that case, send it to the minister. Yeah. So I'll put it this way. For whatever, you know, particular granular issue you have with the federal government, trust me, there is a bureaucracy behind it and a minister in charge of it. So figure out who that person is and send it to the office. And yes, it is postage free. Yeah. There you go. Good. Well, I think then uh, then that's probably it for the, the, the questions. We're at an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, uh, again, we, for me. I hope I, I didn't know, everybody. I know. <laughs> we, uh, we always like to try and wrap this and tie this whole discussion into, you know, how would an independent um, uh, Alberta be able to get away from what, you know, basically we, what we've just talked about. And obviously, if we had our own province, we wouldn't have to be putting money into a, uh, a media group that, as far as we're concerned, is just kind of throwing the money away, right? But yet, we'd be able to keep that tax money in and actually create our own if, if there was enough people that wanted that. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in doing referendums on everything. Like to have a lot of this stuff that's just represented by someone that you may or may not have voted for, um, you know, and to have something that would be, hey, we're going to have a referendum on whether or not we should be uh, giving media money to this entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about that? And then, you know, we'd be able to have the conversation about it and then uh, let let the public, the, the taxpayer, the, uh, the the people that actually live here make that decision. Right. And I think that's that's important for with pretty much anything we've talked about in terms of uh, tax paying, because obviously we see that there is so much waste in tax. It is a massive amount of wasted money. So the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, I'm the Alberta director within the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. We don't take a position on separation or no absolutely and you shouldn't no however we can provide tools for accountability yeah and i personally am a huge believer in local government small government grassroots government and accountability and so you can take these tools and run with them as you wish so for example totally with you uh the taxpayers federation were big supporters of referendums okay or they I don't know why they started calling it this. They started calling it citizens initiative. Yes. Yeah. I, I heard and, that. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm Gen, Gen X. So to me, yeah. it's a referendum. So that would yeah. mean you're right. Things like, should we defund the CBC? Yes or no. Yeah. Should we have an Alberta police force instead of yeah. the RCMP? Yes or yeah. no. Yeah. Should we abide by the gun grab coming from Ottawa or should yeah. uh, Terry Bryant, our, our uh, chief firearms officer, tell them to fly a kite? Yes yeah. or no. Those yeah. are all things that I think most Albertans can rally behind. Yes, that's um, right. Right? And so, yeah, yeah a referendums or yeah. citizens initiative yeah. is hugely important. We just yeah. had one and won yeah. one on uh, equalization. Yes, and that went absolutely nowhere. 
right? And that's because of the way it it was uh, brought back to the uh, the federal government and uh, you kind of keep hitting a wall there, right? Yes, I know. exactly. Yeah, and 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 so there is a difference between the citizen initiative and a referendum. The referendum can actually just it's just a vote on a question. Yes, and that could be put through through legislature. It could be put through you know a couple of different ways. Citizen initiative is that if we decided to actually uh, put together a question mm-hmm. and yeah. how do we get that question in to the legislature? Well, and again, uh, it's been explained to me that, you know, you have to have a certain percentage of the voting population. So let's say you need 600,000 signatures, yeah. 20% of the voting population, you get that within a certain amount of time, then that can go into the legislature. So that's kind of what we'd be looking at in terms of uh, Alberta Prosperity Project and, and, and kind of putting pressure on um, uh, on the government, uh, the government in power for sure, yeah. to say this is what we want to have as a question. So yeah. really, as long as you've got yourself and 599,999 other friends, <laughs> right, you'd be able to put together uh, a question. And uh, and I believe it has to be done within a month or 30 days or There's 90 days. Oh, there's a lot. It's like um, it's like if you put a horse in pacers. Yeah. They run real fast, but man, their legs are moving in a very specific direction. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, they, yeah. yeah. It you has to that? be done that way, and uh, and that's the only way that it would be done. So I, I mean, you, I'm not even sure what the actual process with that is, but let's just say April 1st, you come up and you say we want to have this referendum on, I don't know. Removing the carbon tax. Now, granted, we wouldn't be able to do that, but let's just say that that was a referendum question. So we would have that certain amount of time. Maybe it's until May 1st to gather up those 600,000 signatures. Mm-hmm. So um, quite a daunting task unless you've actually got a group of of people ready to go at, at any moment. And not only have that, but have that ability to, to tap that. And how do you tap that? Well, you know, you need emails. You maybe need a group of people phoning. You need billboards and newspaper and TV ads because who knows where the people are at the time and they might not be answering their phones. And so there's a lot of effort and a lot of money in order to even get these referendum questions going. Mm-hmm. Like, And I've heard that it could be like $2 million a question just to get enough people to to be on side with that, right? Or, or available to to sign the petition yeah it depends on how important the topic is and how passionate people are about it and so that itself i think is a good uh what i call that hmm a balancing agent i guess yeah point where it wouldn't be a rash thing of i don't know uh we want to paint the lawn blue like just you know you're not going to get dumb frivolous things like that because of the effort you just described yeah like folks have got to be in it to win it um, in order to get even the start of something like that happening. Yeah. But these are such powerful tools in our toolbox. If we want yeah. to have smaller, local, more accountable grassroots government, yeah. things like referendum and citizens initiative are, are really important. And mm-hmm. my other favorite mm-hmm. R word in, in government is uh, recall legislation. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you should be able to uh, have recall legislation so that mm-hmm. what happens is, say an MLA, if we're just talking Alberta, yeah. an MLA campaigns on, I don't know, um, I promise to never vote in favor of a tax increase. And yeah. turn around, they get there, they're in Edmonton, they stand up on their hind legs and they vote in favor of a tax increase. You're like, yeah. buddy, 
or a girl, you're out of here. Yeah. Um, what happens then is that you can trigger a by-election. So you have to have enough. That's right. That's right. They're yeah. riding very similar yeah. process of what you just described. Yeah. And then they have a by-election. Now, what's neat about recall legislation is that the politician, the offending politician can run. They can run to keep their seat. Yeah. And then that's a really good question. And it's put directly back to their voters and their constituents, the citizens. Yeah. So in some cases, that politician lives to see another day and they're reelected. Fair enough. So that means that I guess that riding doesn't care so much about that broken promise yeah. or they can get fired between yeah. elections because they didn't keep their word or because yeah. they, you know, spent taxpayers money in, in, incorrectly, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So referendums, um, citizens initiative, recall yeah. legislation, uh, audits, yes. generals, right. yeah. Yeah. sunshine lists, yeah. uh, all of this stuff, pledges, all these so things. We do have tools. It's just that most people don't know what those tools are or how to use them. Exactly. Right? So that's yeah. one of the reasons why I brought up this one is all this information is enlightening, but what good is it done knowing all this exaggerated spending? It hasn't curbed any of the political waste. Is this topic just a talking point? Well, again, we're, we're basically giving this information out to people so that they're aware. I think awareness and education is key with what's been going on, because if you're if you're ignorant and you just don't know what's going on, then you don't know what's going on. Yes. And we need we need accountability. We need to be able to go ahead and say, no, you know what? I want to know where this money is going. I need an audit. I need to, to do this. That's correct. So, and if we don't start somewhere. Yeah. like this education, like this session we're having right now, and we yeah. never push back, then yeah. they will eat us. Yes, they like, will. Big government will just grow into this swamp. And before yeah. you know it, 80% of your paycheck, instead of just 48, I think was the last number, 45, yeah. will be gone. Yeah. And so here, I'll give you a really good example. Yeah. So about a year ago, um, this time last year, uh, Franco Terrazano and I were getting into the debt clock in Victoria, mm -hmm. the Canadian yeah. Taxpayers Federation debt clock. It's one of those U-Haul jobs, and we got these massive uh, screens on the side of it showing the federal debt. Okay, yeah. uh, I I got as far as Lethbridge with them, and then other folks drove all the way across Canada. Yeah. Now, people are like, "Oh, well, nobody cares about debt." Well, they sure as heck care about it now. Yeah. Right. That inflation's going crazy and the interest rates are going up. Suddenly people are paying attention. And if folks can do a thought experiment, remember back into the government of the 90s. OK, a liberal government was in power at the time. Yeah. yeah. Prime Minister Jean Chrétien had a had a finance minister named Paul Martin. Mm -hmm. okay? yeah. Paul Martin at the poking and prodding and reminding of a guy named Preston Manning across the aisle yeah. took the deficit seriously. He was really bothering him yeah. so much so that when he was giving a speech in Vancouver once, he looked over and there was the debt clock sitting there ticking, ticking, yeah. ticking, ticking. As, yeah. up. And he looked and he's like, that damn clock, like yeah. couldn't get it out of his head. It was living yeah. there rent free. And so balanced budgets yeah. were popular. Yes. Yeah. They, were, they were a thing. This yeah. is one of the, re the at the time when the CTF was first launched. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to be the trendsetters. Okay. Yeah. We have to be ahead of the curve. We can't wait for somebody else to do it. We can't wait for it to be something sexy on TV again that entertainment yeah. nights go. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You sometimes have to be that trendsetter. Mm. And right now it's biting people in the wallet. So we, yeah. I do think that balanced budgets are going to yeah. become sexy again. We need a, a debt clock sitting right on the corner of Wellington and Metcalf. 
we parked I, there. There's a beautiful picture of it if you go to our website. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> but yeah, it would be nice to have it permanently and permanently. Yeah, there, wouldn't that's it? right. Just cement yeah. it right into yeah. the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do one more question because okay. this this is this type of question has been posed to me many many times. Okay. And I'll get your take on it. Okay. What are the possibilities of a full on tax revolt? I love that question so much. Um, okay. So hmm. I've looked at this from many different angles. So the standard thing, we are not literally talking about torches and pitchforks. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who's talking, like, go away. That is not what we're talking about. We are speaking metaphorically. We are yeah. talking about people doing tools down protesting, rallies, uh, mass email campaigns, yep. whatnot, okay? Yep. Uh, we think all of those peaceful, nonviolent uh, actions, if you're defending yourself as a taxpayer, are yep. really good things. Yep. And getting you back to the 90s of ones I was just explaining, there were tax, there were ta anti-tax rallies then. Yeah. They were massive. They were filling hockey rinks. Yeah. Right. Ax the tax. No more tax. And they that's were. Fighting, right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Right. They were fighting against the GST. And do you think if citizens groups, not just the CTF, but if ratepayer groups and folks who are commenting here right now weren't chewing on the leg of the federal government, do you think yeah. that Prime Minister Stephen Harper would have reduced the GST by? <clears throat> no. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would never have happened. You yeah. have to speak up. And yeah. one of my earliest here, one of my earliest tax and government memories. Uh, was when the uh, the GST had been had come in under yeah. Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, the Conservative Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why the CTF started. Yeah. And I remember when it came in, I'd gone into a video rental store in Vancouver Island with my dad. Yeah. And the, the independent video rental store owner was so mad about the GST that yeah. he had this massive bag, I mean, elephant feeding size bag of peanuts yeah. next to his desk. Yeah. So weird. He's like, if you buy a peanut from me for two bucks, I'll lend you this movie for free. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He was that mad. Wow. In order to get, you know, whatever the nickel was or seven cents or yeah. I guess it would have been 14 cents. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how, and so it's things like that. It's things yeah. like that. And then yeah. protesting. So yeah. folks, if you want a tax revolt, take a picture of your heating bill Print it yeah. and yeah. mail it to your MP. Get yeah. thousands of people to do that from yes. your writing. That's a great idea. Yeah. Know their office under. Jam their phone lines. Yeah. Like they will listen. Here, another example. So uh when when Aaron O'Toole was leader of the Conservatives, like I said, we would target the Conservative Caucus email yeah. over and over again. Hey, it's Tuesday evening. Remember us? Da 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 da. And then we'd time it. That's yeah. one of the big reasons why he's no longer leader, because yeah. unfortunately, he signed the pledge, didn't honor it, yeah. and all of the folks mm. pushed back. Yeah. And so that's a form of tax revolt. And so, yeah, yeah if folks want to start having conversations like this in public yeah. Yeah. and having rallies, hey, man, yeah. like, yeah. fill your boots. Yeah, I know there's people that uh, that have also said on a certain date, don't go buy gas, don't go, uh, don't drive your car, don't get, uh, you know, go, go for groceries. That's all well and done, except for I know a person that owns a gas station. Yeah. I know a person that uh, relies on uh, being a mechanic and and you're not hurting the government doing that. You're not, yeah, you're not really helping that sort of a situation. And the and the truth is, is that 
you're eventually going to need that gas anyways. You're going to end up just going to make up. It. Exactly. It's supply and demand. Again, yeah. these inescapable demands of, of yeah. the human condition. Yeah. Um, and so, again, what we would recommend is go after the politician and their yeah. fat little comforts directly. Yeah. yeah. So make them think that the next yeah. time they have to go knock on your door, that there's going to big be a big sign and a rally against them. Yeah. yeah. That's how you get through to them, because nothing wakes you up faster than being unfortunately worried about your job. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, so that's what we would encourage people to do. Like go in it like no cussing or threatening, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Be firm, be polite, but be tenacious and consistent. Yeah. Be data driven. Don't get personal. Don't go ad hominem. Be data driven saying, I can't afford this. This is how much this costs. I'm sick and tired of it. And I won't do it anymore here. Yeah. Yeah. Put a bumper sticker on your, on your vehicle, yeah. fly a flag. Like there's all sorts of ways of fighting back. Yeah. And the last comment here, would love to hear more talks by and with Chris. There you go. Oh, thanks. That's very good. Thanks, how, how do people get a hold of you? Is it just through taxpayer.com or? Yeah. yeah, you can also email me directly anytime. I've got like my phone is glued to my hand, like most people. Um, it's K. So my first name is Chris with a K. K Sims at taxpayer.com. K Sims at taxpayer.com. If you don't remember that or you don't have a pen in your hand, just go to taxpayer.com. There you go, like that. Yep, yep. Go. go straight through. You got it right there. Yep, that's yep. it exactly. Or yep. you can just go through um, the website and yep. you just go down to spokespeople, and my email should be right there. Feel okay. feel free. I would love. Hey, if you work at a level of government and you're seeing something nuts for waste or something like that, um, yep. I'm only one person. I may not be able to catch it, but do try. Uh, we rely sometimes on whistleblowers. Yeah. Well, that has been an amazing presentation. Well, amazing talk. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, so, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. We'll just say, uh, I mean, we're we're over two hours. So thanks oh, wow. for, for staying online and watching and uh, and listening and commenting and asking questions. I mean, that's, that's the whole reason why we do these uh, webinars. And we do them every Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Um, I wish I actually knew what next week's webinar was, but... The uh, the girl that does this in behind the scenes is still in Cuba, so I don't. That would be Shauna. Yes, <laughs> I, know. I don't know. I don't know what next week's webinar is. Facebook and, and, and like warm yeah. skies. <laughs> yeah, and and people have said to me, so where do we get this list of uh, of uh, the webinars that are coming up? I don't know, but I mean, we 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 definitely want to put two or three weeks ahead of time and, and they'll, often they'll be topical too. So if there's something that maybe happens in the next week or so, and we go, you know what, we really need to be talking about this, then we kind of do that. Right. So, but, but definitely every Wednesday we do these. So, um, and you know, we, we did talk about um, uh, having people involved and I'd like to at least acknowledge the volunteer group that we have for uh, Alberta Prosperity Project. Again, these are not paid positions. These are people that just, they, uh, they go out of their way and uh, they, they help run the, uh, the events. They, they run the, ch uh, the chapter events uh, and, uh, and even the people that are doing uh, the behind the scenes on this. So thanks again for so much. And if, and if you want to volunteer for something like that, we can always use more volunteers. Just go to albertaprosperityproject.com and you can probably find out what to do with that. And uh, so with that, thanks again, Chris, for, uh, for coming on. Don't leave the studio. I'm okay. going to follow up with you, but we're going to end the broadcast. If I can figure out exactly how to do this again, I'm the only one here. So 
Let's see if we can do this. And you guys have a great night.